Yeah. Hello and welcome back to the Couch Team Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker and I'm joined, as always, by Matthew, Sage Vernon, Chamberlain. How's it going, Matt? Matthew? Matt? Matthew? I did your full name this time. It, yeah, I know. it doesn't, it doesn't you're, flow You're well. reading the Zoom screen? Like I know. Which I, like, I like trips between Matt. Like I, I, It just sounded wrong, you know? The intro was off. It's off it, today. It, it was it like Julius Randle and the New York Knicks being <laughs> off. Um, you know, it's it's all good. Things are going about as expected. Uh, whether that's in Boston Celtics world, mm-hmm. my world, all all is as it is probably supposed to be. Mm. That's a, uh, I guess, life is the same kind of as expected. Is that was like the least eloquent, choppy intro way of saying that yes yeah okay good good we're both vibing off each other right now which is just great (laughs) more great things to come in this podcast i promise yeah episode 110 is already off to a great start um just like the playoffs are matt i this this playoff has just been incredible so far yeah it it, as these games have shown us it's not how you start ryan it's how you finish Mm, mm, that's exactly right we're we're great we're great once we get in our groove we're gonna be awesome uh but before we get into our groove matt let me remind everyone to follow us on our social media platforms follow us on twitter and instagram you can find us by searching couch gm podcast and uh you will find us there if you haven't already give us a review and subscribe to us on the podcast platform of your choice that would be greatly appreciated matt what did people miss in episode 109? So that was our play-in preview, um, talking about the Wizards, Celtics, uh, Pacers, Hornets out east, and then in the west, uh, the Lakers, uh, Warriors, Grizzlies, and Spurs. And so we'll talk about the results of that. We also, um, though back in 109, talked about what we wanted to happen. Um, didn't totally come to fruition um but we did have some some things we wanted to see and i guess to a degree we did um my, my celtics didn't tank though out of the um seven seed which you see how that's going now um <laughs> bad decision bad yeah, decision um, but you know um and then we talked about for our playoff hopes the series we were hoping uh to see and get into i had said the the mavericks and the clippers which Dallas took an exciting game one mm. from the LA Clippers. Um, and we'll talk more about that uh, game and series here in a bit. And then Ryan had what was hoping to be the, the Wizards nets going along with my Celtics tanking um, the first playing game theory. Unfortunately, that is not what happened as Boston beat Washington. Washington did eventually make it into the playoffs, but not against the nets. Um, and the Nets make it a, made a comeback to uh, beat my Celtics in game one. Uh, you know, we'll, again, we'll get to it, but there's only so much our our child, Jason Tatum, can do. <laughs> the 50-point 50, 50 game against the Wizards was pretty special. It was. That was uh, um, and I'm just disappointed that the, the Celtics decided not to tank out of that spot because the Wizards-Nets – would have just been incredible. Just the yeah. amount of trash talk going back and forth. Uh, and for the Celtics getting to play Philly in the first, like, yeah, don't be wrong. Like, I know it's probably not going well either way, but like, I'd rather play Philly. Yeah, yeah. I think with Jalen Brown, it could have been a more interesting matchup, but you know, sure. I guess he would have been a, you know, our second best player on the court. He might have been the second best player on the court with the injured wrist, though. So. Mm, dang yeah no dang anyways moving on to news uh if you didn't matt kind of touched on this but boston won the 7-8 matchup indiana won the 9-10 matchup and washington ended up winning uh the 8-9 matchup there uh with indiana which like that game just blew wide open yeah indiana getting in the one forties or whatever against Charlotte and then giving it up against Washington was just like 
a kind of a nice epitome of their season. I was really shocked that Charlotte lost. Yeah, just like didn't look like they belonged on the floor. Um, and it was kind of it was a bad Lamelo game. Yeah, and very, like very, the the guards just didn't play well for Charlotte. Uh, and when that's been the case, they just haven't been very good. Terry Rougier wasn't very good. That was also the though for Indiana. That was the Doug McDermott game. Oh boy, like twenty in the first half. <laughs> so if you're giving up twenty to Dougie buckets, uh, <laughs> you're you not know, winning many very basketball games. Uh, not gonna go well. Uh, good for Indiana though. We kind of thought they would be a little dicey uh, there if they lost that game. Uh, yeah, but they showed their true colors against Washington. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, back over to the West, the Lakers win this uh, exciting 7-8 matchup. That, that was, was a fun game. game. Yeah, Memphis wins the 9-10, and then Memphis uh, upsets Golden State in another exciting 8-9 matchup. Yeah. Oh, John boy. These, this Grizzlies team – like is re- is just a, f- a fun team to watch. Like I was not, I was in the, I want Grizzlies to win that game boat because I just didn't, I'm tired of seeing Andrew Wiggins try to do things in important basketball games. That's saying it's the, it's the yin and the yang of you get Steph Curry, but then you <laughs> get other guys as well. Right. And like some of that golden state team started playing significantly better. Um, yeah. You know, some of the young guys really, really came along there. But good Lord, enough of Andrew Wiggins. Let's stop trying to make that thing happen. Uh, like that happen. Not that thing. He's a person. Andrew Wiggins is a person. Let's try trying to make Andrew Wiggins happen. Yeah. But like Memphis is a good team, right? Like, yeah. It, outside of Jaw, there's no star there. But it's just like a bunch of good NBA role players. If you get them all kind of clicking on the same night, same-ish, you know, spurts of time. Grizzlies can do some things, you know. Not, you know, they're not gonna really compete with the Jazz in the one-eight matchup. But uh, I guess we call the Grizzlies the eight now. I guess. Um, yeah, I guess so. Officially, I don't know. Um, they haven't but, played any playoff games. They're playing a playoff game right now, true. even though the play-in isn't regular season. Purgatory basketball. Um, <laughs> Yeah. All right. So we'll go ahead and move on to the main topic, which is so we're just focused on the playoffs. Um, quick hitters on the different games we've seen. Um, at time of recording, yes, Utah and Memphis is still going on right now, um, still in the first quarter. So we'll have less to say about them. But the other games we've we've seen, we've watched, um, digested. Um, New York Atlanta just had an exciting finish um, moments before we started recording. So we'll kind of run through these. Uh, one series at a time. So Ryan, Philly, Washington, uh, the one eight in the East. I mean, I don't know if you're Philly, are you worried at all? Tobias Harris had to save him in the first half. And then you're doing his best Doug McDermott impression. And then Joel Embiid came alive in the second half. They edged out the wizards. Are you are you worried at all, or is that just kind of a I think the only thing you're worried about is like some injury uh, to Embiid. Because um, I think if Embiid gets injured, early. yeah, th- then the series gets dicey. Like if somehow like Daniel Gafford or Alex Lynn or Robin Lopez managed to get Embiid in some sort of foul trouble early on, then one of these games can get tight. But if you're Philly, really you just want to tighten up your rotations. Um, make sure you guys are healthy and playing well. Get out of this first series as quickly as possible. You don't want to prolong it at all. Bradley Beal can maybe catch one game, but I don't see the Wizards really pushing them much more yeah. than that. I don't either. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it was a bad Ben Simmons offensive game, you know? Um. And <laughs> <laughs> nicely. Um, I don't think you have the double figures scoring. Um, well, that's the thing with Ben Simmons. Like, that's the other thing. If if Joel gets in foul trouble early, uh, like, who do you turn to offensively? Like, your best next bet is Tobias. But yeah. like, if I mean, Tobias he was is making everything though, yeah, I, yeah, Tobias has had a good season, underratedly a good season. That's why part of the reason Philly's been so good. 
But if like Tobias has an off game and Joel gets in foul trouble, if, like, if Tobias you, has a normal game, yeah, even yeah, right. like who are you turning to? Ben Simmons, Seth yeah, Curry, Danny Green. Pretty sure Ben Simmons was like oh oh for six from the free throw line. It's like that's that's the other piece is that like this is where we're gonna start seeing like hack a Simmons. Like, yeah. like there if there's some enough- games where it's like he's going ten for ten, and there are others like this where it's yeah. just like couldn't make one, couldn't make I, anything. All I mean, if you're a coach, like you got to put him. Like, if you see him in open court, wouldn't you rather just foul him and put him on oh, the free yeah. throw line? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, that's why you know Scott Brooks is willing to put guys like Raul Neto out there and just like, you know, the- we're not actually guarding you, but and that's the other thing is that you'll see in the series like Neto is going to be hidden on ben simmons and it's gonna be up to simmons to take like take advantage of those offense possessions they were getting a lot of those switches today pretty easily um so they they were getting like netto on Embiid or netto on um like tobias harris and they kind of work them in the post but as as they should Um, right right i don't know the I don't think there's really any reason for concern here. I mean, of course, if like Beal and Westbrook are really hitting on the same day, like, yeah, Washington can definitely steal a game, maybe even two. Um, probably not two, but possibly. Uh, it's mildly concerning to me that like Washington's centers were like, I think they combined for like 13 for 16. Yeah. Um, for like 30 points. In the Robin game. Lopez was hitting like every single like little like pivot turnaround hook shot that he yep. was taking today. <laughs> Daniel Gafford, even Alex Len was good today. And it's yeah. just like, I mean, do I think it really matters? No, but it's kind of like, what if, if Washington can score inside at all to go along with the guards? That's kind of like a, what's this great Philly defense? Like what's, what's it doing here? Yeah, that's why it kind of felt like it felt like Washington could kind of get to the rim at ease. And it definitely felt like Washington won the Dwight Howard minutes when Embiid was yeah. off the floor, yeah. uh, which is concerning going forward, especially knowing some of the big men in the East um, that they could play. So it, it's and definitely something. Like teams, teams know like they've got to hunt Joel Embiid for fouls. Yeah, exactly. Got to get him up in the air um, and just got to attack him early, right? Like, Got to get those early center fouls, and hopefully it builds up to something toward the end of the game. And and that might be your best bet is timely fouls on Joel Embiid for uh, knocking off Philly. And not that Washington's going to do it, but stealing a game. So. Right, right. All right, so Brooklyn-Boston. Mm. I mean, what what's there to say? Tatum versus Kyrie, James Harden, <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> probably not going well for Boston. I mean, that's that's kind of open and shut case, right? I don't yeah, know yeah. if there's too much more to say about this series, unfortunately. This feels like a broom. Mm, mm, yeah. I, it, I think Boston might – I mean, Boston had a really good chance of taking game one there. Um, when and, those big three were like combined like one for 17 from three to start the game. Yes. Something yeah. ridiculous like that. Yeah, they, they kind of had a chance to jump on Brooklyn early, and they didn't – I mean, they kind of took advantage of it, but it could have could have been a lot worse. Um, Boston started to cool off there in that second quarter, early second quarter, late first quarter. Um, and Tatum's going to have a lot of people thrown at him. They're going to double-team him early. They're going to try to get the ball out of his hands and make Marcus Smart and whoever else on the floor make yeah. decisions. And that that's how Boston's going to fall, right? Like, if Kimba – doesn't show up and give like 30 every game then this isn't really much of a series and that's why semi-jokingly made the comment about Jalen Brown playing <laughs> her wrist like Kimba was just awful and yeah. the problem is like that's kind of how it is in big games yeah. for Kimba now is like Kimba's still a very good NBA basketball player but I mean it's just it's not quite the same as it was at his like peak Charlotte days and if it's not peak Charlotte days, then Walker just kind of getting swallowed up. And it doesn't really matter who guards him for Brooklyn. And they can be some of those disengaged defenders at this point. The size of Brooklyn and the help of Brooklyn. And the fact that 
like they don't feel any need to guard anyone on Boston besides Tatum. I means they can just help all day, you know, and Kimba just has no room to work, which that's not entirely his fault, you know, but it compounds the issue of him being a six foot ish scoring guard. Yeah. Who has lost a step off the dribble. Definitely. definitely. Um, because like, ideally, like if two guys get sent at Tatum, like maybe you can catch like Joe Harris on Kimba or something like that in the scramble, like weak side. Um, and that's like back in Kimba's Charlie days, like that's barbecue chicken as Shaq, right. Shaq likes to say, but now it's just like Joe Harris can kind of stay in front of him and force him into like a long step back three or maybe a long two or elbow two or floater or something like that, which is just not, not beneficial for the Boston offense. And like, Marcus Smart may have been the second best offensive player other night. No, he definitely was. Definitely was. Uh, but Robert Williams is really good. And like Boston just doesn't have the personnel to like take advantage of what Brooklyn's weak at. Yeah. No, there's just, there's no depth, like quality depth to Boston right now. Yeah. And like it just really shows at this point. It just really shows. Um, so let's get to what are the two more interesting series out East? Um, we'll start Milwaukee, Miami mm. in the, mm. in the three, six matchup. Um, just a fantastic game. Like that's everything the NBA could hope for. I mean, I kind of think like the bubble rematch here is great for the league. Oh, like you, you want that for sure. It's great because now we get home crowds, right? Like yeah. that's what we were missing in that first, first series. This definitely feels like a late 90s playoff series more than anything after you watch that first game. Just super physical, just teams that clearly have, like, they might respect each other. They just clearly don't like each other. Um, Which is great. Yeah, it's great. Like, it's great for the league. I think this is, like, going to be the premier first-round matchup. Um, And that's crazy to say, especially we haven't even talked about all the matchups yet. But Giannis versus Jimmy, like that's just going to be fun to watch. Chris Milliton came in clutch the other day to win 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 game one for Milwaukee. It's already gone to one overtime. Are we going to see more overtimes in the series? And uh, Matt, I'm curious. I think I I have my X factor for this series, but who's your like standout guy to watch for the rest of the series? I mean. That's the thing. What I like so much about both these teams is like they both have depth as opposed right. to like Boston, who it's like I can barely get five guys on the court. For both of these teams, it's like you you kind of have some guys out here um, to play. I mean, I get how, how deep in the weeds are we? Because if, if I'm not super deep, I'm going to say whoever the starting two guard is for, for, for Miami. Whether it's none or Dragic or Hero, like I know none started the other day, and I say two guard and kind of under the assumption that Jimmy's the, the de facto point guard, um, you know. So, and I mean the other day Dragic hit a ton of shots. Um, Hero none, not very efficient, but both got to double figures. So I think it's just whoever's feeling the majority of those two guard minutes for Miami, because if they can be floor spacers and give Jimmy and Bam the room to work with and make Milwaukee have to respect the perimeter more, then all of a sudden, like, maybe you can, you know, get one on Milwaukee because they're just, they're just such a nightmare defensively. Yeah. My X factor is Drew Holiday in this series. Like I, I have been shouting to get Drew Holiday on this Milwaukee team for like a year and a half now. And now that he's here, he is in game one, even like it's, it's been a huge help defensively. Like he's everywhere. Like he's one of the best defenders in the league, but then offensively he does give something to this Milwaukee team that just hasn't been there last two seasons. And I think that's going to be the biggest difference in this series is that he's going to make a couple plays. They may not be like on sports center, they may be some hustle plays that are just going to make the difference from what we saw last year to this year. Um, some momentum shifters. Yeah, exactly. We saw it in overtime, late in overtime 
in game one where that ball popped free. He picked it up, sprinted down the to court, got the layup, late contested layup. Yeah, Eric Bledsoe's not like making the play. Yeah, yeah, that, that's not a Bledsoe play. Yeah, um, and just like his ability to kind of get a bucket out of nothing outside of Giannis or Milosden is just going to be huge for this yeah. offense. Yeah, um, I'm a huge Drew Holiday fan. If you can't tell, <laughs> as you should be, as yeah, as we all should be. Um, he is very talented. Um, they get to 20 the other night. Like, and that's just thing. Like, you can kind of count on him to get to that 18 to 22-ish mark. Um, even though Miami, we talked about Milwaukee being a very good defensive team. Miami is obviously a very good defensive team. Mm. Um, you know, Bam and Jimmy kind of running that. Like, Ariza still obviously got a little bit of life left in the legs. Um, so Miami's pretty consistently putting, you know, three good defenders out on the court as well. I, I I feel like Milwaukee being able to get game one, you know, cause Jimmy hits the the tough one um, to get to overtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that, that kind of felt like a, is Milwaukee going to do it again? <laughs> Are we about to yeah. have another collapse? Yeah. Yeah. And then for them to, you know, come back out on the right side of the game, Middleton hitting the big shot, um, when it only felt like in the past Milton hit big shots against Boston and that was it. Um, now he's showing up in these other games. Um, Giannis not on the court in those final moments as well. You know, I, I think that was big for, for Milwaukee. Like, no, we can do this. Like we're, we're getting over this hump and it's, it's us moving forward. Miami's still going to give them a great series though. I'm not saying like Milwaukee's obviously out of the woods yet. Yeah. I think this game the, or this game, this series goes seven. Yeah, my if, little note here was just let's do this thing six more times. Yes, please. Uh, I'm I'm here for that. Um, and the last Eastern Conference uh, s- series to talk about was the four five matchup of the New York Knicks mm. and Atlanta Hawks. Um, like we said, just got done before we recorded. This is the this is the classic talent versus grit matchup. Um, it's what we said before, and it's clearly what was on display today. Um, I mean, the Knicks, I mean, without Alec Burks, they, would they have hit 80? Like, you know? Oh, oh gosh. Like, <laughs> with how RJ played, I mean, like, maybe Rose steps up, but, but with how their stars played, maybe not. 84? Like, <laughs> how are we talking here? Um, I, you know, Atlanta steals the game, right? Trey Young hits the floater at the end, um, after, you know, making it a point all fourth quarter. Like he's like, I'm getting to the free throw line. Yep. So um, that, that kind of helped sustain and uh, push the land over the top hits the big one at the end. Kind of mentioned for New York, Alec Burks was really the only consistent offensive player all night. Um, going for like what? 27. Yeah. Um, 27. Alec Burks can't be leading. If the Knicks are going to win the series, he can't be leading score. I mean, it's not that Julius Randall like, got scared of the moment or anything like it's just like it just wasn't going in you know and that's after like when they played in the regular season julius randall was giving the hawks the business like 40 points per game or something like that crazy like that right uh like 37 yeah yeah like so you know it's not like julius randall scared of the hawks or the playoffs or anything just like it wasn't going in rj barrett just wasn't going in you know so if i'm the knicks I don't feel too worried about this. Like Atlanta needed a near perfect Trey Young game. And they had like like they got good performances from the rest of their guys too in Atlanta. New York had like the worst game it could possibly have and lost on a game winning floater, you know? Yeah. It's a good point. Knicks, like I'm not saying Atlanta isn't gonna win the series, but like the Knicks should not feel I don't like too concerned here. Yeah, it shouldn't it's not gonna be I don't think this is a four-game sweep by any stretch of the imagine. Un- unless, unless New York repeats the performance again. Because my only concern with the Knicks is this, their guys just returning to the meet. Like, they've, yeah. they've, they've had career years. All of them have had career years. But is this just their guys coming back down to earth a little bit? Is this Julius Randle? returning somewhat back down to Julius Randle levels that we've seen before. That's the mm-hmm. only concerning thing. 
that is the one one red flag I will say about the series. I think I would still pick the Knicks to win the series for the reasons you said. It took a nearly perfect Atlanta Hawks game to win that game. And the Knicks right. have a lot, a lot better performances in them, I I think. Yeah, like I'm not assuming Julius Randle can even play close to how he's played all year. Like he's not putting up another uh game like he did today you right know? right and it for for new york i mean derrick rose and alec burks were like the two best players out there and it's not like those guys can't have good games like we've seen them have plenty of good games this year but you know them settling into the third fourth best player on the team and then randall and barrett being who they've been you know more consistently all year i think it would push new york pretty easily over the top of atlanta um again though this is the problem with new york we've talked about all year is like this offense is terrible like it's just not a good <laughs> offense right um but the defense has always been enough and tonight i mean they were obviously trying to stop trey young from getting back to his right hand there at mm. the end but uh he was able to get around i think it was like neil akita mm. um, yeah to be honest i mean don't get me wrong frank definitely was like the one that he got around but like they went, to, they went to give the screen and Taj Gibson showed hard and it's like, no, you need to invite him going left. Yeah. Uh, but that play out along the sideline, not, you know, give him the thought of, oh, I got to go back to my right hand. Right. You know, like Frank can't let that happen. Get him getting back to his right hand. So that is on him. But like Gibson, like you got to, I know you want to show hard and all that against Trey Young, but like he's not passing the ball there you got to mm. bait him into where you're trying to get him to go and force him into a bad shot from there, you know? Yeah. Right. So little things to clean up. I think New York will probably take game two. Um, this this feel, yeah. This feels like a six game series. Yeah. Either way, six games. Someone, someone will pull through. I don't know. Game seven though, at, uh, MSG or something would be a lot of fun. MSG tonight. was a lot of fun. These crowds have been really good. Yeah, so it's been very nice to have. Um, very much have missed it. So we'll go out west. Uh, I mean, the 1-8's going on right now, like we mentioned. Um, Memphis came out strong to start the, the game, but uh, the the Jazz uh, currently up six, about four yeah. and a half. I, even with no Donovan Mitchell in game one, I don't even know if it matters for this game, let alone the series. So I don't know. I think my biggest takeaway here is Jazz, do not rush Donovan Mitchell back at all, please. We right. don't feel the need to play him. And honestly, they could even do like a minute's restriction with him. Yeah. Like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and like just build him back up if they really wanted to, you know? Yeah, they definitely don't absolutely have to have him. I think we touched on Memphis and when we talked about the play in stuff. Um, they're a fun team, but like the talent difference is significant. Uh, maybe not significant, but there is a talent difference to me. Yeah. Um, and I think this Memphis team is not quite ready to win yet. Um, no. they, they've been in some tight situations over the last couple couple years, and this playoff experience is definitely a step in the right direction and almost ahead of schedule for them yeah. in terms of rebuilding. Um, but it, they still got a little bit to go. I mean, this was Utah. It feels like Utah before, like Utah is the number one seed in the West yeah. to me. Yeah. This, uh, I think, I think Memphis can give them a feisty four games and I like get that experience here. Yeah. And, feisty uh, four. Yeah. And, uh, Utah will move on, you know? Um, okay. So more interesting series here. Because uh, really, these three in, out west are all interesting. Uh, we'll go Phoenix Lakers next here. Uh, th- that weird injury, not injury, injury game here um, between Chris Paul and LeBron James trying to one up each other. It felt like um, who can flop the most. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna lie though; like Phoenix kind of handed it to LA from start to end. Like, Did DeAndre Ayton work? Anthony Davis or did DeAndre Ayton work Anthony Davis? That that was uh, not something I expected. Um, <laughs> like, I know, like 
I think the Suns were the more physical team. Like, that's surprising. Like, that's what we knew the Lakers for all of last year is to be this, like, brutal, like, brute force dominating team, dominating the offensive glass. And, like, Phoenix just kind of wanted it more today. And we've seen this before with the Lakers. Like, they've come out and lost game one and then gone on to win the next right. four games. And it hasn't was not a concern. This feels a little different, though, to me, doesn't it? Well, so we're talking like, you know, this happened with Portland last year right. with L.A. But, I mean, that was Dame just putting a whole bunch of nobodies on his back. <laughs> Phoenix is a better team than them. And then it happened again with Houston, Houston. right? Yeah. Um, and, again, that just kind of fell apart very, very fast there. The small ball experiment ended quickly. Yeah. Um, I mean, LA, their size, which they still have like this year, very much took advantage of it. Um, and then if for this current series, I mean, DeAndre Ayton obviously has the size to hang with Davis and Drummond and Harrell. But, you know, you kind of you hit it there. It didn't seem like those guys for LA were super into it. <laughs> like the front court guys, like they're just kind of like, yeah, we're here. Like we're going to win this game. And like kind of got schlacked. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not the coach there, so I'm not going to tell him to play on Andre Drummond less minutes, but I would not be playing Andre Drummond as many minutes as they are. I'm, I'm not saying Mark Gasol is like the savior of the Lakers, this, you know, series or off season or uh playoffs, sorry, but it's not Andre Drummond. <laughs> So, so I, guess, I guess that's a good question is would you go, would you still lean into size for Lakers in this season or in this series and push Gasol more minutes? Cause I feel like that's the adjustment I would go with. Like you need some smart pat, like this team's a pretty good team defensive team. Like it has a good team defense. Why yeah. wouldn't you go with someone who has a little bit more passing IQ and a little bit more playmaking to them? alongside Anthony Davis. I feel like that makes more sense. Getting DeAndre Ayton out of the middle of the floor or right in front of the rim. Right. You know, and, you know, as good as Ayton has become on defense um, inside, it's, I mean, you get him out on the perimeter having to defend, you know, DHOs and, you know, ball screens and everything. And he's gotten better, but, like, that's still not something where you're going to trust him consistently and especially when it's against – uh you know, LeBron James or Anthony Davis um, because, you know, the Lakers can run big on big actions there. They don't have to run it through all their guards, but I mean, they do have enough capable guards and Schroeder and KCP to do some things with also. I I think I'm just to the point of like, if you're trying to go big on big, I don't trust Andre Drummond against just about anybody. Right. So make their true big do something else. And when Dario Saric is in the game at the five, sure, give Drummond some minutes. Give Harrell some minutes. Um, kind of try and take advantage of that. But I, I think if the, your idea was like, we're just going to bully ball Phoenix, just it's not happening. Yeah. Shooter definitely has to play better um, if yeah. they have any, any chance of winning. Because for large stretches of the year, he was one of their best players and he wasn't very good um tonight so I, I i don't know i don't know what adjustments i would make i mean maybe lebron steps up and, and has a bigger performance and maybe that's just it and or anthony davis just plays better and that, that's the difference he was like what oh two from three and i mean when we talk about disengaged we talk about it on both ends of the court like, yeah he yeah was, he was five for 16 overall over two for three yeah like you know, 13 points. What, what, what is that? You know, (laughs) that's not the Anthony Davis. We, we knew from last playoffs. I mean, Um, part of the solution here is just slide 80 down to the five. Yeah. Sliding down to the five. Um, I feel, I feel like getting more, uh, Horton Tucker minutes would be beneficial in this series. Um, I wouldn't mind some more like Kuzma minutes. If you really want to go with the big idea, slide Davis down Kuzma in there some more. Yeah, Kuzma is a good fit for this series, especially because you play him on Jay Crowder, 
And Kuzma has yeah. been a good defender. Um, yeah. And he'll give, he'll be, he'll give some grit. grit. Um, I don't know. I, you know, there's still really not like Mikel Bridges is going to do and Jay Crowder are going to do their best on LeBron, but there's still no like LeBron really great defender here. Yeah. So I, I wonder if you can get some more pick and roll stuff going for LeBron. Um, Try and get him against like Devin Booker or whoever's at the five. Right. Get maybe Chris Paul on some switches or something. Um, I don't think Phoenix is going to try to fight switching too much in the series. So I don't know. It, it, I, the Lakers definitely are not. I, I'm still, I would pick the Lakers to win the series. I would pick the Lakers probably in six games now instead of five. I just think the Lakers have more talent here, even though Devin Booker was absolutely incredible in game one. Now, yeah, kind of the point we have about yet. One, Devin Booker, very, very good. No one <laughs> stopped Devin Booker the other day. And, I mean, Caruso's a fine defender. KCP is mm. like a fine defender. I mean, Horton Tucker's okay. I don't know. Right now, it's like, who are you just throwing on him? Right. Or is it just every ball screen, you just – blitz him and just say like we'll play four on three elsewhere right you know i i don't particularly know who they go to to stop him but maybe it's just like the size and the front line can kind of eventually deter him and then last last thing here this cp3 injury not injury injury is definitely something to watch going forward i mean is it one of those like he was able to play on adrenaline and just it was good and fine or is it like actually an issue I mean, he put up like eight points the other day or something. Not great. I mean, CP3, like, not there to score necessarily, but you need to score if you're going to be on the court for 30-plus minutes in a playoff game. So there's something to watch there. Don't know what to really make of it yet, but I think we'll know more after game two, like how this is moving forward, going to affect the Phoenix Suns and therefore the series. Mm. So uh, Portland, Denver. Denver, the three here. Um I mean, Jokic was great. Michael Porter Jr. was pretty good. That's about it for Denver. <laughs> I mean, the, the way Portland defended him, it was kind of what we've talked about last year when we are like, how, how in the world do you guard Nikola Jokic? Um, and they're like, we're not going to double him. We're just going to let him kind of do his thing, but he, I swear to God, he's not passing it. <laughs> and that's kind of that, like, that's what we said. Like, you don't run double teams at him, just don't yeah. do it because right. he's going to pick you apart. Right. And I mean, Portland just did it to like an extreme level the other night. Mm-hmm. And it was like really weird, but like it worked. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's your best bet because he's such an elite passer that, I mean, like, if you, like he sees doubles coming now, like when, and you just can't like, I don't know, you can't come early and you can't come like if you come late and even if you come like right at the right time, you, you can throw, he's going to throw some amazing pass to Michael Porter Jr. Standing in the corner. I don't, it's unfortunate because the Nuggets are missing a Jamal Murray sized hole on their team. Yeah. And that's the bummer about the series because I think the series would have been awesome if Jabal Murray was playing. Could you imagine Jabal and Dame going back and forth for like 50 each? Right. Like the guard play for Denver is just not adequate enough at all. And the, they, and the, like Jamal's not even like their only injury. Will yeah. Barton's been hurt. Um, and they've, Monte Morris has been in and out. So it's just been a rough go for Denver in these last like 20 games. Yeah. Super unfortunate for them. Um, interesting stat for this. So Jokic uh, off of like passes that could have resulted in assist. His teammates were one for 10. Oh um, God. <laughs> Dame, and again, Dame was incredible in this game um, as well. Went for uh, 34 and 13 mm. Dame, you know, passes for potential assists. His teammates were 13 for 15 on those shots. So, you know, like sometimes it's not going in and sometimes it is, you know, and sometimes that's just basketball. Right. Right. Dame and Jokic um, both went for 34 points, but if Dame's, you know, creating kickouts and, you know, finding guys and 
they're making 90% of their shots and uh, Jokic's passes are resulting in 90% of misses. <laughs> like what, what are you supposed to do if you're Denver and Jokic in that situation? You know? Yeah. hundred percent. Are you panicking if you're dead? Cause they've been in this situation before where they've gotten down in a series and come back granted with different set of personnel. Yeah. I, I, I'm just, I don't know. I think Portland's going to win this series because of the lack of talent on the other side uh, for Denver. But at the same time, I'm not overly panicked if I'm Denver after game one. I was, I'm definitely not panicked, but it's, there's only like, you only have so many cards up your sleeve. Yeah. Just because of your limited personnel. Like there's just right. only so many options and <laughs> playing against Portland, which is such a guard heavy team, perimeter oriented team. Like it's kind of the problem we've talked about with like Atlanta and New York of like eventually like you got to score though like if you're the Knicks and it's like for Denver you can only hold them so much defensively which they've been a decent defensive team and but without guys like you can only do so much um, I I I'm thinking this is going to end up being a Portland series yeah now. You know, just the way it looks. And Jokic still definitely the MVP. Doesn't take anything away from it. It's not his fault he ended up with a G League roster um, for the playoffs. Yeah, I can't I can't wait for for those like first take takes. Like, shouldn't Jokic have won MVP even though he gets bounced in the first round? It's like, yes, yes, he should. Like it's not his fault his teammate blew out his ACL. Like, get out of here with that. This is why regular season awards need to be awarded in the end of the regular season before the playoffs. (laughs) That's when we get those like bias, like recency bias takes of like playoff, um, either highs or lows. Right. Right. Like Golden State going out in the play-in shouldn't invalidate Steph Curry as like a top three MVP candidate this year. But I mean, he's playing with who he's playing with. Like, rely on Jordan Poole. (laughs) Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole are his best. Like Draymond Green, like his, when he gets sent double teams, he has to pass it to Draymond, who's not even looking to shoot. No, actively trying not to shoot. (laughs) And then when he goes to hit a floater, he doesn't even hit the backboard in clutch time (laughs) or hit the rim. Anyways, yeah, Don't, don't make dumb Jokic takes after probably Portland wins the series. And now that we say that Denver is going to come out and win like four one or something. Yeah, sure. Um, also the rest of Portland was good. Also like CJ was good. Mello was hitting. You know, it's just like Jokic had a good game. So it's just kind of like when, you know, Denver's barely going too deep on quality playoff players and Portland's in their bag for like six guys. Just what are you, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> just, I just be like, I'm not passing anymore. I'm <laughs> ball. Uh, at this point, I wouldn't blame them. So the last series, it's my most intriguing one, is the number four LA Clippers, because they ducked at the Lakers, versus the number five Dallas Mavericks. Um, or another rematch. Of the bubble last year, Ryan. Mm. And uh, Luca was the dude from beginning to end here. From the start, when he was ta- telling Pat Bev that he was too small with some other choice words, word in, in between there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to ending the Clippers game one. Matt, I asked you this off air. I'm going to ask you on air now. If Mavericks go up, 2-0 somehow on this Clippers team. Do you have the confidence that Clippers, once punched in the mouth, can recover? I mean, my panic meter, if I'm a if if I'm a Clippers fan, if that were to happen, Ryan, it'd be at like an eight and a half, like <laughs> out of ten. Like it'd be pretty high. Um, again, home court doesn't mean a lot. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. This year still being how it is. But it's like for the Clippers, the only people who cared about there the other day were kind of Kawhi and Rajon Rondo. So, you know, it's kind of just this situation um, that the Lakers also got into. Of, I think 
to a degree, they're like, we're going to win the series. Mm. And it's just kind of like you can't walk in here. It's, we've always talked about the West being so deep. And it's just showing its colors here, you know? And the Clippers kind of this looked like arrogant, like we're just going to get our shots up and do our thing and we're going to end up winning. And it was kind of decisive. Like there are a few moments there in the third, fourth quarter where it's kind of like, okay, is are the Clippers about to take this game back over? But just Dallas is like, you know what? No, we're going to we give Dorian Finney-Smith a couple threes right now or something. You know, like he hits them. Or late in the game, Jalen Brunson's like, I got it, Luca. Let me, <laughs> let me go one-on-one here for three straight possessions and score every time. And it's just like, and it, but he did it. You yeah, know? right. So that's, if, he, if he doesn't make them, then it looks bad. But, I mean, Luca was great from beginning to end. The team was very good from beginning to end. L.A. seemed disengaged and couldn't consistently hit shots. I mean, they were shooting in the like 27% as a team from three with Dallas taking all the shots they take. Like, that's just never going to be good enough to win a game against them. So will it be better? Probably. I don't know. I'm not saying like Luke Kennard's a great player, but like, why is he just on the bench? You know, like, <laughs> especially when guys aren't hitting shots. Yeah. You you know? feel, like we've kind of seen that early in this playoff so far. Like if your starting unit isn't playing well, like you have to have some key second unit guys to come in and give a spark. We saw Derek Rose do that with the Knicks. And then Tibbs went back to him early in the third quarter and kind of gave Will was balling. Yeah, that, they, just some some guys to give some a spark to your team. That's what you need in the playoffs at times. And the Clippers lack that. I mean, Rondo's maybe their best option for for some uh, type Reggie of guy Jackson like that. Surprisingly, wasn't good. Oh Jesus! It, it, like you look out on the floor, and what we've said from the beginning of series: Why is Nick Batum out there? Like, what are we doing here? Like, yeah. get this guy off the floor. Like, he's why? Hit one shot, and they're gonna, like, we gotta leave him in now. I, like, just get him off the floor. Like, he's gonna get picked on defensively. And like, you started to, to see Dallas do that. Some force him into pick pick and roll. Like, he can't defend that. He's not gonna be able to defend Luca coming downhill. Yeah. No. Yeah. Luca. I mean. I'm not going to lie, looks a lot bigger than just about everyone else out there. Like, outside of, like, Zubat, like, that's it. Like, Luca <laughs> kind of looks like the second biggest dude on the floor. He he made a pass. He, it was right hash, so far side of the court to left corner. That was just spot on. Like, he jumped up over the two guys and just overhand, overhand through it and just landed pocket for, like, a corner three. And it was, like... At, like the Clippers have thrown everything at this guy and he's still like just picking him apart. This is like a nightmare series for the Clippers, I think. It kind of is. Like I totally get their tanking strategy. Like I, I was advocating for tanking with Boston and the play-in and all. But I mean, would you have rather just played Portland? I would have rather played Portland, yeah. I think so. Like and just deal with that. Than try and deal with Luca, like you kind of pissed off Luca because they they like made it open that they didn't want to play the Lakers. And yeah. Now you ended up with a pissed off Luca Doncic who, well, like the Pat Bev comment you made that was like four minutes into the game, <laughs> you know, like that was like that built up to something in like middle of the third quarter. That was like nope, that was from the beginning. Luca was just like in him, like just going at it. He's just he's so fun to watch like he's so good um and his like like his short career uh in playoff games have just been incredible like just incredible production and this guy if they win end up winning the series somehow i don't know i think this is a coin flip series to me still yeah i think this goes six or seven i don't i don't know i don't know who who ends up winning the series, but if the Mavericks end up winning the series, it's not going to be good for the Clippers. I mean, one, that's the ultimate disaster situation, but you're right with Dallas here. I mean, there's, there's nothing about Dallas that says like, we're just going to roll over at some point. Cause it's Kawhi Leonard, you know, right. they're going to, 
give it everything. And I'm I'm kind of here for this upset, potential upset. I'm not saying it's going to happen either. I think you said it's 50-50. I think it's totally right. But this is like, I mean, there's a reason this was my pick. Um, so I kind of transitioned us matchups we wanted to see in the first round. I'm sticking with this. Like, I'm, I'm glued to the TV for all four to seven games, however many we get here. Um, this is must-watch TV. I don't care if I'm out to dinner at Sushi Hana. I don't, you know, great, great little spot here in uh, Oklahoma. Or where I'm at. I'm watching this series every freaking time. Mm, mm. I'm into it. I uh, my pick. I, I'm going to be watching that series quite a bit too. But my pick is Milwaukee Miami. I think this this is just going to be an awesome series. I'm games. I'm going to be all, glued to the TV for hopefully all seven games and maybe four. It might be four. I doubt it's going to be four. Uh, but it's going to be those two series are probably the most anticipated for me. These both other the series, matches. yeah, the both these uh, everything else is just gravy for me, like yeah. just whatever else, like just give me more NBA playoffs. This is my favorite like time of the year too, just yeah. like getting good basketball. Well, in the first round, there's like games like every day. Yeah, it's incredible, and there's like three games every day. That's the best part. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we're currently in like the fourth game right now. And it's like, ah, do we want to watch uh, Memphis, Utah? Eh, I don't know. Memphis up at half, though. They're up 49-43. Memphis isn't going to roll over in this series. Like, there's no like, there's no Detroit hanging around in the playoffs this year, I feel like. No. Like, I mean, Washington I, might be the closest thing, but they're still not going to just roll over. Boston against the, the Nets. That's who <laughs> I anyway. Boston might end up just giving up after 3-0, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, Matt, do you want to say anything else before we end episode 110? I got I got everything I needed to off my chest. Yeah, nice. And some crazy pickup stories pre-podcast. Only y'all knew. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for listening to episode 110. We will see you back um, after some more playoff games and for episode 111.